very nice. I'm not sure, but I think we're going to have another one next year. <laughs> Let's hope. Put a stop to that. <laughs> no, you're dealing with that all day. <laughs> Just so, are we ready to kick it off? Typing this out when I was looking at that uh, nice graphic that Robin Amato put together, I saw the word. I thought, you know, but you know, for want of another of, of another term, let's go with that for now. <laughs> Does God have friends? Uh, Bach and Nick had a very good observation. You know, famous people oftentimes. Uh, feel alone, feel completely. They may be famous, wealthy, like they put musicians, uh, actors, they have everything. And they don't feel like they have any close friends. They have lots of people around them, but they don't know who they can trust. You know, so there's no, uh, there's, there, there's no uh, clear definition of what we, always mean when we say that word friend. It could mean anything. You see somebody in a, in a grocery store and you wave at them, hey, how you doing? So, do you know that guy? Oh, he's a friend of mine. Oh, really? You see him often? No, I haven't seen him in years. You know? yeah. So this friend, you know, doesn't really mean very much. It's kind of like the word love. You know? What do you mean by that? Well, I love you. Well, what do you mean? You love me like uh, 
like a dear most friend? Are you, are you just using that that term? I I love you. Like she was, I, I love that shirt. You know, do you love me more than you love my shirt? You see what I mean? <clears throat> so it's like small talk that people have a tendency to throw around. I love you. You're my friend. I've always thought of you as my friend. Thing of it is. In this material world, most of us have lost that uh, meaning of what it, what is it? What is a friend? You see, what is a, what is the real definition of being a friend? And that's unfortunate. Uh, being a devotee of Krishna will, I was gonna say if you associate with the right people, but there are the right people available you will come in contact with friends that will be your friends, and you know they're going to be your friends the rest of this life and beyond. And you don't have to wind the friendship up like a like a, a clock that runs down. It just gets that way, and it's always going to be that way. You see, so this is the nature of friendship uh, amongst the the, the uh, devotees. So. But, do we have pads to write down? I want to start out with a couple of questions. Yeah, so, Nick, that was a good observation. That's kind of a tricky question. Does God have friends? We don't have any paper. No paper? So does God have friends? Your knee-jerk reaction uh, for a lot of people is, well, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody would want to suck up to God, wouldn't they? And be his friend. But what about close friends? So my first question, and I'll go ahead and ask it, and you can, I'll remind you when the paper gets here, but, um, what happens to the paper? Can we use it up? She's going to get some. Oh. So, um, what do you think? First question, do you think God has friends? Um, and second question, what is your definition of a friend? This is something we ought to ponder. We ought to get deep. We ought to drill deep into that. Um, what is your definition? And do you think you have enough friends? So be thinking about that. When she gets back with the paper, uh, I hope I can remember what those questions are. Would you try to remember what they are? <laughs> Sometimes does I ask God, them and I does forget. Does God have a friend? God, <coughs> does God have friends? What is your definition of friend? Uh -huh. And do you have enough friends? Right, okay, good. Okay, let's remember that. So, moving right along. Um, let's talk about what a what should you expect from a friend? What's the best thing that a, a friend can do for you? Not that to be somebody's friend, you have to do something. It's not shouldn't be required. But if you're gonna have a friend, a dear, dear close friend, what do you think is the best thing they can do for you? Anybody? What's the best thing that they can give you? Help get you closer to Krishna. Right. 
home run, bullseye. <laughs> if we all, if we were wearing hats, we'd throw them in the air and applaud. <coughs> That's exactly right. So help get you uh, closer to Krishna. So how do we do that? Do I kind of like pull you in a certain direction, or just keep talking about it? Right. I mean, you know, we get we talk about chatty it. about other things, bringing back in. For those we that friend is someone. Yeah. For me, it's not so much what you say in the friendship; it's what you do. Even though, you know, I think they both go hand in hand, but I think that yeah. friends should bring each other close to the Krishna by the way they interact with one another. Right. Interactions. With. Right. And there are many different interactions. Hey, you you turn that down just to make it a little colder. This one? Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you grab that remote right there, just the white one? Sometimes it's hot and sometimes it's cold for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. I like say maybe like a trail of like bird crumbs, like you know, to Krishna, like not being too heavy about it, just like you know, just dropping little things here and there about Krishna and yeah. get the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. That's a good analogy. Leave a a trail. Yeah. You know, breadcrumb. It'll lead you in the right direction to, towards Krishna. Yeah, let Krishna do the magic. Right. Well, and he'll do the magic through you if you'll stand still long enough to let him. You see, he'll do that. He'll work through you if you want him to. So, first question was yes or no? Does God have friends? And think about it. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's pretty hard to please here, right? He's God. He's got the highest standards of all. Yes and why? Why What was the second one? Yes or no? Does he have friends? The second one was. Yeah, what's your definition of a friend? And third, do you have enough friends? I guess fourth question, do you think you have too many? Do <laughs> <laughs> you have the right amount? Yeah. <laughs> That's even better. You got the right kind. <laughs> so, all right, I think we're on to something here. We, I like this train of thought we're all following. But so this real friend that we're talking about is someone who, lead, who leads you towards Krishna. Me do it in various ways and in their loving uh, activities with you. <coughs> Love should always be demonstrated and not just mentioned. So, uh, talking about Krishna. So, uh, I think friendship is also, uh, I think we can sum it up in that if someone is your really dear most friend, this one who's taking you towards Krishna, that he's giving you knowledge, right? I mean, we can always find friends that will chat with you, 
you know, that's easy to find people. They'll just chat you up. You know, I'm, I'm having this kind of day. Um, this is happening. Whatever. Just hook my dog to the groomer. You know, so people, it's, it's easy to find people who will exchange Gromyakata, uh, village gossip. It's easy to find people. Hey, did you know? Have you heard? You know, it's always somebody doing that, isn't it? Did you know? Have you heard that such and such? Have you heard that a tool govinda, yada yada, blah, blah, blah? You know, people love that, don't they? They love gossip. The old soap opera. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's so important. To, and some people are so addicted to it, they cannot stop it. And, what, if it hmm? oh, what if it's with good intentions, like you're just talking, <coughs> discussing? Then it's not gossip. Right. Sometimes you need to say something. You need to communicate without just talking about yeah. somebody. Sometimes it actually really has a meaning, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you may tell somebody something about a friend of yours or someone that's close to you that's having some difficulty. Now you can do it in two different ways. You can do it to deride them. <laughs> Look what they're doing, you know, they're like this. No. You, let me give you a couple of, for instance, uh, so-and-so over there, you know, I don't know, he's this and he's that. I don't even think he's chanting his rounds anymore. Oh, look at that guy. So this is gossip. Or we could say, you know, I'm kind of concerned about so-and-so, our friend over here. Um, he's going through so, so much trouble. I wonder if he's chanting all of his rounds. You see what I mean? Let's talk and see if, if we can help him. Rather than, hey, did, did you know... I don't think this, or I wonder. Of course, then the next time that that person tells it to someone else, oh, this guy's not chanting his round, and then it just goes, because of malicious intent. Now, some gossipers will say, oh, I didn't have malicious intent. Well, then why did you say it? To be the first one on the block to say it? You know? I think that's malicious. I just want to talk to you about somebody. I want to be the first one to tell you what's, what I think's in their head. You see. So, but I think we can agree that someone is a dear friend is somebody who gives you knowledge about Krishna, right? Because with knowledge of Krishna, these are the breadcrumbs we're talking about. I give you information about Krishna. And I don't want to overload it. It's like uh, fanning the spark, you know, when you're building a fire. Has anyone ever built a campfire out in the wilds? You know, you get, you get some little spark going and then you've got to fan it, you know. If you fan it too hard, you'll put it out and you have to start all over again. You ever built a fire from flint, two pieces of flint, you know, in some parts of... Uh, of the east, and I'm sure out here I'm not that familiar with it, but back east and many places in Texas you can find um, flint 
many places in Texas you can find tons of arrowheads. You know, the Comanches, there were, I don't know how, there must have been millions of Comanches there at one time, but you can find them out in East Texas, I know. You can go through a wash and look around a little bit and you'll almost always find an arrowhead or two or ten. And so you can take a couple pieces of flint and just go like immediately. There's a, a spark. And if you have something that's flammable, you can get it to take a little bit of a little bit of a flame. You fan that just right, and it starts to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And like I said, if you fan too hard, you put it out. You gotta start all over again. <clears throat> so giving knowledge. Uh, out of love for the, our fellow living entities, we, the devotees of Krishna, we want to give knowledge of Krishna. We want to share knowledge of Krishna. This is a demonstration of love. This is actually being in the liberated position. This is what you do in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, when you're sitting together, chatting, you know, the cowherd boys, what do you think they're talking about? They're not talking about the weather. They're not talking about political candidates or what kind of grass do you think that is? You know, they don't talk. They're only talking about Krishna. They're sharing their knowledge with Krishna. You see? Because it's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. As I share knowledge of Krishna, I feel very happy, you see, very pleasant. And it has a tendency for that pleasant uh, attitude or mode to rub off on whoever you're talking to, regardless of their consciousness. They may be very, sometimes very demoniac, but at least you'll soften them a little bit, you see, by talking, talking about Krishna. You're feeling good. Others feel good. This is uh, loving exchange, discussion, Krishna Kata. So, um, so sharing knowledge. So let's hear what Krishna has to say. Let's get his opinion. We always wonder. We can always find these the answers to these questions. If you have um, a database on your computer, you can query and find within the writings, Shiva Prabhupada's books, answers to so many things. But you can take the old Bhagavad Gita, or the, you know, when I say the old, the hardback of the paper, which I don't think a lot of people spend a lot of time reading anymore. I like to read the hardbound Gita, or the, I mean the paper. Bhagavad Gita. But in the back, there's a nice index, and you can look something up, like uh, anger. Where does anger come from? And you look, and, oh, okay, page 492, and then you look, and, oh, interesting. And sometimes it'll give you many, many different choices that you can look at. <clears throat> so the Bhagavad Gita is our ultimate uh, source to go to. Hare Krishna. So Krishna says in the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, 29th verse, I envy no one, nor am I partial to anyone. 
Wow. Krishna says, I don't envy anybody, nor am I partial to anyone. Well, that sounds that's good to hear. So he's not going to put anyone else before you. Or you before anyone else, right? Then he goes on. I'm equal to all. I'm equal to everybody. Here comes the but. <laughs> Krishna has a but. However, Krishna says, but whoever renders service unto me in, in devotion is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. Wow. I mean, just think of what Krishna's saying here. I envy no one, nor am I partial to anyone. He's almost contradicting himself, isn't he? He starts out with a with kind of like a, a general statement. I don't envy anybody. I'm not partial to anybody. I don't envy and I don't favor anybody. But <laughs> but you can just see him doing this, can't you? But whoever renders service unto me in, in devotion is a friend. What does he mean by that? How can he say that? I envy no one nor am I partial to anyone. I'm equal to all. But those who render loving devotional service to me, they're a friend. Now does that make any sense? Is that contradictory? What do you think? Hmm? How's it not? Everybody has the opportunity. Everyone's got the opportunity. You're be saying, but whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend. <clears throat> so in other words, you're being a friend to him, right? If you're not offering any kind of service, maybe he's not even, maybe God is just something you think about on Sunday or when you're in trouble or when you're mad. God this and God that, you know. You see? So, you're not necessarily a friend. So, but he's, he's, uh, he's still not partial to anyone other than you. He's, he doesn't put you lower than anyone else. But when you offer loving devotional service to Krishna, you're being a friend to him. If you're not then how are you being a friend? A lot of people would say, well, you know, I don't do devotional service, but I'm still God's friend. We've already laid that on the table. You made a good point. How does that manifest? How are you God's friend? In other words, you get up close and personal with God. Yeah, and you want to do something. You want to make some offering. I want to get... In other words, I'm a friend and I want to show it. I, want to... I feel it so much, I want to demonstrate it. I want to experience that that feeling. <coughs> so, Krishna says he is a friend. He's in me. What does that mean? He's in me. We're alike in consciousness. He's absorbed in me. You see, this loving devotion. I can feel it coming from this. He is absorbed in me. It's like 
Uh, Jesus Christ said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wasn't saying, I am the creator of this entire... No, I am in God's... I, my consciousness is wrapped up in God. Don't think anything different than, than he thinks. I mean, I'm totally aligned. I am in his mood. And Krishna ends up, it says, and he says, and I am also a friend to him. So, he's always your friend. Shuridam Sarvabhutanam. Krishna is always the friend of all living entities. Some, however, will be his friend. Now we've got a complete reciprocal relationship. You see? If someone is, if you're just going around being somebody's friend, that's nice. Maybe that's just the kind of person you are. But when they start to reciprocate and demonstrate their friendliness to you, now we've got a completed circuit here. Now we have something that can really, really grow. We have a reciprocal relationship. These are the kinds of relationships that I mentioned that you will have for the rest of your life. For eternity. These relationships with devotees. So, um, I think we've already covered this, so I'm going to skip, skip over that. Um, Do you even know this one? I know it's a personal energy, but I've heard people say, to put the ohm into action, and that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> so just, you know. Actually, Prabhupada says something like that, but that's a good way to say it. Put the ohm into action. So people wonder, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Can I just vibrate the sound? Isn't that? Shouldn't that be enough? Well, it's a perfect beginning. That's a perfect beginning. A really good beginning in a friendship could be that I say, you know what? I really like you. Well, and then what? If that's all that's ever exchanged, what, he, what was established? He said some words. He, he vibrated a sound or she, vibrated this sound vibration. I really like you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And <laughs> you can do that to people who, who talk, make half statements. They, they think it's a whole statement. It's really a half statement. You can say, and? What do you mean? Wasn't there more? Well, not really. Oh, okay. Now hold that thought when you get more, then you can tell me more. <laughs> Gee, Liz, I really like you. From that, I think if I say that to someone, I'm feeling it. I'm going to demonstrate it in one way or another. And you don't have to say it to them every, every time you see them. Once you establish this personal loving relationship with people, you don't have to every time you see them say, you know, I really like you. You know, as a matter of fact, if you keep doing that, 
Mais ça me va. Mmh, mmh, <laughs> you know? Why does he keep telling me to me? Why does he like, do something? I don't know, like maybe go away? <laughs> Not like you too. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much yet, but we're working on that. But then there's something after that. Something should follow. Loving reciprocation. I, want, I like you a lot. I want to do something for you. What do I have that I can gift to you? No, I don't have anything, but maybe I can give you something, some personal gesture, or maybe I can help you in some way. What's the best thing I can do? Oh, I can share Krishna consciousness with you. I have some knowledge. So now I can, maybe we can, so, for me to show my, my love for you, let me give you uh, something that gives me great pleasure, hearing and talking about Krishna. You know? Sometimes in the material world, people just say, yeah, I really like you too. Can I buy you a drink? You know? Comes down to that. Let's, let's, now, okay, we've established we like each other. Now let's go do some nonsense together. So, but that was a good point. Yeah. Um, also, Krishna or Prabhupada says in a purport that Krishna claims that every living entity in whatever form is his son. I thought, I thought that was a very interesting statement. You know, it's not like, I mean, we hear some people say, God only has one son. Well, then what are you? You know? Uh, aren't you an offspring? I've heard it said, well, no, I'm, uh, we're orphans. Yeah. What does that mean? Where did you come from? <laughs> In other words, you got God, he's got a kingdom, and then somewhere else there's some other kind of creation, and you came from that. And then that went away, so you're an orphan. I, I, this is confusing to me. I mean, I'm not asking it to be a smart aleck. I just would really like to know. You know, I want to know. What do you mean by that? How are we? I mean, I, I have a, nothing, nothing can exist that does not emanate from the Supreme. The source of everything. The Supreme source of all sources. So, then I emanated from the same place you emanated from. We're joined together. Bhagavad Gita says, what is it, 15.7, 15th chapter 7 verse, he says that uh, Krishna says that uh, all living entities are eternal, fragmental parts of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You're an eternal, fragmental part. That, that means you don't become a fragmental part. You always have been, you always shall be, and you are right now, fragmental part. So I thought it was interesting that Prabhupada pointed that out. Uh, another thing that I find very interesting, um, Prabhupada says in one sentence here, 
Living entities in a pure state are called devotees. Being a devotee of Krishna is being in a pure state of relationship with the Supreme. Why? You're devoted. You're, as Krishna says, you're acting as a friend. You're being a friend to Krishna through your devotion. You want to do something, my dear Lord. When you feel love for someone, it'll, it'll boil in you. It'll expand. You'll have to let that out. You'll have to tell them. Or show them, demonstrate, right? Now this is interesting. Prabhupada says in the first word, um, if a reciprocal relationship is not present between the devotee and the Lord, then there is no personal philosophy. You can have an impersonal relationship with the Lord, but if there is if there is no um, reciprocal relationship, then you don't have a personal relationship with God. You have an impersonal relationship. Well, it says in the impersonal philosophy, there is no reciprocation between the supreme and the living entity. But the personalist philosophy, in the personalist philosophy, there is. So the Maya bodies are not having. Uh, a reciprocal relationship with the Supreme. They're not. But, and they're not they're not trying to get that. They're not trying to go there. It's just like one sided because Krishna yeah. is reciprocating. I'm merging with. Yeah. I'm taking over. It's like if I come over to your house to, to visit and I don't want to leave. I'm just hanging around. You know? <laughs> don't you have a home? You know? <laughs> well, I like you so much, I want to merge. I want to merge into your existence. <laughs> I want all of your opulence. <laughs> I mean, just think about how, how kind of uh, unsavory that kind of person would be. You know, you've got opulence. I want to merge with your opulence. I want it. I want what you've got. Well, look, I've got a... I'm glad you're here, but, you know, I've got an appointment. I'm going to be gone the rest of the day. That's okay. Leave me here. You can go. Because I've got your stuff. Where's the remote control before you go? And what you got in the fridge? You see, this is impersonal. This is impersonal. This is the way, this is the Mayavad uh, desire to merge with God. If you're recognizing that God has a supreme personality, then uh, you're going to want to reciprocate. You see, impersonal means I don't want, I'm not looking for reciprocation. This is your stuff, <laughs> you know, and the Supreme has some really good stuff. I mean, I don't know the extent of what God has, but I know it's pretty cool, you know. He's got some really good friends. Yeah, he really does. 
So then we leap ahead to the 18th chapter, 64th verse, and Krishna says, and he's already established that when you be a friend to him by devotional service, that he's also your friend, although he's always your friend. So he's talking to Arjuna here, but this is not just directed to Arjuna. Some people argue, no, no, he's talking to Arjuna, he's not talking to me. No, no, he's talking to all of us. Krishna says, because you are my very dear friend, I am speaking to you my supreme instruction, the most confidential knowledge of all. Hear this from me, for it is for your benefit. <coughs> now, as we talked before, uh, if you're somebody's friend and you want to really demonstrate that, what's the topmost thing you can do? Give them knowledge of Krishna. So Krishna is saying, because you're my friend, I'm going to give you the most confidential knowledge. So Krishna seems kind of like a, a little bit of a gossiper here, isn't he? Somebody's not telling us just anybody. He says, I'm going to tell you the most confidential knowledge. Because you are my very dear friend, I am speaking to you my supreme instruction. This is my secret. I'm going to share my secret with you. It's the most confidential. Because you're my very dear friend. See? This is reciprocation. Arjuna is being a friend to Krishna. Warm-hearted, loving Krishna saying, you know, because you're my friend, I want to share with you the absolute secret of me. I'm the supreme. Now that, that's really <laughs> uh, a reciprocation. This is really making advancement, isn't it? In other words, this is what all of the transcendentalists are looking for, the ultimate secret. This is what everybody, uh, in, other words, you're, in other words, my dear God, you're going to end my guesswork. You're going to end my speculation. You're going to take away, you're going to answer all of my questions that I could possibly have about the Supreme. You're going to give me how does he say it again? I am speaking to you my supreme instruction. Wow, the supreme instruction from the supreme personality. I've got a feeling it just doesn't get any better than that. There's not enough, having received that instruction, there's not another instruction worth even hearing, is there? So, uh, hear this from me. For it is for your benefit. It's found very loving. Because I'm your friend, let me share a secret with you about me. Uh, following verse 1865, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Krishna says, always think of me. Become my devotee. This is the secret that he was talking about. Always think of me. Become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage to me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. 
What a sweet-talking guy, huh? <laughs> you know, in other words, what we're according to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, he's just revealed all there is to know. This is the topmost of knowledge. You know, this is it. Always think of me. Become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage to me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. You see? I mean, this is not, it's the opposite of hellfire and brimstone, isn't it? <laughs> We're talking about, bird, about breadcrumbs, isn't it? And you notice nowhere in this does Krishna say what's going to happen if you don't listen to what I'm telling you. If you know what's good for you, you do what I say. None of that. So what is the weapon that Krishna is using? Knowledge. Love. Love. Loving knowledge. Loving relationship. Loving reciprocation. He's already reciprocating. Huh? Arjuna had done some devotional service. Krishna saying, now, let me give you the greatest gift of all. Something that people may become great yogis and never get. Out of many, many, many men who achieve perfection, hardly anyone knows me. Yeah. Uh, it just makes me think uh, that people, myself included, um, it's like, like to, because you're saying that's the goal, but it's like people like to stay on the rat wheel with like wondering over and over again what the goal is when it's right in front of us in the Gita. Yeah. But they just love to. Because, because so many people start out spiritual, spiritual life or a spiritual path. And subconsciously, at least subconsciously, they're not admitting to themselves that there really is an answer. What do you do? You have faith. Everybody's asking to have faith. When do you get the answer? Well, if you die and you go to heaven, then there's your answer. And if you go to hell, there's your answer. You see? Well, that's just not good enough. You see? But we're convinced. We've been living without God, without Krishna, for billions and billions of lifetimes. We're convinced that there really isn't any answer. I can have faith. And you know what? I better have some faith. I'm afraid what, what might happen if I don't. I mean, if I have faith in the atheists were right, and I die, and I never wake up. Then I'll never know that, you see. But if they're, if the uh, spiritualists are correct, and there is a God, then I'd better live like there is, you know, or else. So fear is not a a, a, a really good motivator. It can get people to put forth an effort to make you believe. Yeah, yeah, okay, I like you and I'm, you see. 
Fear has been proven. Many governments have tried to use fear. It's a crude, a fear and intimidation is an incredibly crude method of trying to influence people. It's like as crude as caveman mentality. You know? You may get some result because you scare them or intimidate them. They may do what you say. But when they get a chance, they're going to get back at you. You see? It happened to Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin. I mean, we can go on and on and on through history of people who got control of not only the people around them that they were trying to manage, but entire countries. And uh, as, as soon as there's an opportunity for the person that you have it under your fear or intimidation, as soon as they get a chance, you're finished. You see? So Krishna's not using that tactic, is he? He's using love. Mm. You know? You really want to be my friend, don't you? Mm -hmm. I want to be your friend. <laughs> because you're my friend, I'm going to give you the greatest secret of all. Hardly anybody knows this. Why all those people that are out there holding and meditating and whatever they're doing, they don't know what I'm about to tell you. And when I tell you this knowledge, you're going to go in knowledge all the way to the front of the line. You're going to go all the way around everyone else and let everyone else be religious. Krishna says, just give up all religion. I'll give you the secret. You're my friend. I'll, I'll deliver you personally. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I was in the 16th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, and Krishna was talking about, you know, what happens when you don't follow. Well, he doesn't do it in an intimidating way. No. Like he was saying he does it more like, like this is a science. He said you'll be lost. Yeah, he says, like, well, here's the path of righteousness, and then here's what happens when you follow you know, the path. He doesn't say it. He says it like in a scientific way, not like an intimidating way. I'm not going to use fear or intimidation. He's just giving you instruction. Like if you were to say, well, what if I don't do it? Well, then you're going to be lost. Now, he doesn't say, well, you're going to do this or you're going to do that. It's going to be bad. I'm going to see. No, you'll be lost. He doesn't say, I'm going to turn my back on you for eternity. <laughs> wow. Somebody that would say that to you, I'm going to turn my back on you for eternity if you don't do what I want you to do. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of inclined to say, go ahead. Because <laughs> I don't like it when you're looking this way. Look over yonder. You know, let me be in your shadow for crying out loud. Oh, this is intense. Am I going to live an eternity like this? Oh. I mean, if I go where you want me to go for eternity? Wow, that's a long time. And it's always going to be like this? Oh. Man, let's just go ahead and get it over with. So you're going to turn your back on? Okay, dude, do it now. You know? Hey, who's that over there? 
and turn around. <laughs> See if you can hide. So it doesn't work. It doesn't. On long term, that doesn't work. That has been proven. Uh, corporate management, they teach you. If you think that you can manage through fear and intimidation, you may have short-term, immediate success. But in the long term, you're going to lose. You will. Unless you're willing to always be getting rid of people and getting new, getting rid of your friends and re replacing them with new ones because you wore them out, you wore out the relationship. Yeah. It just reminded me of, uh, I worked at a, this uh, plant nursery called Green Things and the boss there, she's like really intense and um, just for lack of another word, just kind of mean. And uh, people would, you know, run around really fast and do all this and that, but the turnover rate was just incredibly high. You just yeah. see people come and go like the bees. <clears throat> and she probably thought that I know how to play this game. I know how to get people to do what I want them to do. It sometimes seems a little quicker, you know, easier. Just scare the heck out of you. Dangle your future, you know, intimidation. Rather than, it's, it, it seems like a lot more work to be in, interpersonal with people, to influence them. You see, it seems like it takes a lot more work. But once you build a relationship with someone like that, then you've built like a perpetual motion machine. It'll always, you just have to feed it with some love and friendship. Yeah. How's this? I want to get your feedback on this because sometimes it seems like an art, and then like, like Prophet would often say, like, I can say this because I'm an old man who would say like harsh things. Like, we were uh, <laughs> watching this video, uh, memories video, just about <laughs> on Sunday, and you remember what I'm talking about? And uh, the one of his, that was actually one of his temple presidents, he was, he was sleeping, and he woke up, and Prabhupada was standing over him, and Prabhupada said, said we don't, what, what he said, we don't, want any, we don't want entitled friends in this movement. He says, he said, I want you to leave right now, we don't need you in our, in our movement. Go. And like, he was, <laughs> and he was like repeating that again and again. And so we don't want to, we don't want entitled friends in our movement. Or lazy friends. Or lazy friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We don't want lazy friends. And so, and so, you know, he was like totally devastated, but then the end he came back to Prabhupada and Prabhupada said, don't be lazy friends. Like, yeah. So he was reinstated in his service. So. Yeah. So, and sometimes, uh, I forget who it was, was telling me they were with Prabhupada and uh, one of my god sisters, but she did something that Prabhupada didn't like in her service, in direct service to Prabhupada. And he chastised her. Why do you do like this? You know, this is nonsense. Stop it. So then later on that evening, she was, I think, giving him some milk. This evening, like some milk in the evening, hot milk. And so she said, Prabhupada, are you still angry with me? And Prabhupada said, I was never angry with you. But sometimes old men get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was annoying. What you did was annoying. You know, 
I don't want to have to deal with that. So stop it. Don't do that. Excuse me if I didn't say it in a polite way. <laughs> right, so I was cranky with you. Are you going to whine? Yeah. So, yeah. No, old men have, old men get cranky. <laughs> so, um, the most confident confidential part of knowledge is that one should become a pure devotee of Krishna and always think of him and act for him. Uh, Prabhupada says here one should not become an official meditator. I'm just, I am a meditator. What, what are you meditating on? I always like to ask people. I believe in meditation, but I'm curious. What do you meditate on? Krishna consciousness. Well, if, you, if, if that's the object of your meditation, then it's perfect. Well, okay, so uh, why don't we pass out? Can uh, um, we collect the um, the answers? Put them up in a. And while you're serving out, I'm going to. Just hold it once. You got something for me? Anything there? Any paper? No, I have a paper. Yeah, so you know how to say. Okay, something. Huh? You know how to say, I'm a servant, I'm a servant, I'm a servant? Yeah. Well, I wonder, I mean, I've never heard this before, but I thought the thought occurred to me um, is, uh, is um, the Christians, you know, they say that Jesus is the only Son of God. Um, there are some that are ecstatic. I know some ecstatic Christians that don't say that. I don't think. I, I don't think. Well, there are many. But... What about, I'm a son of a son of a son of a son? Like we say, I'm a servant of a servant of a servant. That kind of makes some sense, doesn't it? Ah, so son of a son of a son. Yeah. Although we are all, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, we uh, are all eternal, fragmental parts. It's not like... Uh, I'm a fragmental part of Krishna and you're a fragmental part of me. And we're all fragmental parts of Krishna. So, but yeah, that, that does make some sense though. You know, bodily, I'm the son of the son of the... Okay. Do you have water? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I never leave home without it. <clears throat> Hey, this is it. Somebody started this out with DGHF. I like that. What is that? Does God have friends? <laughs> DGHF? I think it was him. Was it you? Was it you? What was that? Was it you? Was that that girl that was here earlier? Anne? Yeah. Anonymous? Oh. <laughs> she was here. What, didn't you see her? She, you didn't notice her because she remained anonymous. 
Yeah, I mean, it will be. It's getting that way, isn't it? Uh, DGHF? Yes, of course. He's the dear most friend. Yeah, the dear most friend certainly has friends. He's talking to Arjun, and he says, you're his friend. When you're doing devotional service, he's always your friend, but you have an opportunity to be his friend. It's your nature to be his friend. You know, he doesn't say, I don't like you, or I'm upset with you if you're not doing devotional service. But when you're in a, in a uh, when you're in your original constitutional position as a living entity, you're being Krishna's friend. He's always being yours. You're re just reciprocating. That's what devotional service is all about. I'm just reciprocating. And I know that it's not perfect because this is new to me. It's not totally new to me, but I haven't practiced it for so many lifetimes. You see? But uh, Krishna never says that because you're just starting this back up and you're not very good at it, that, I, that I'm going to grade it on a lower scale. Never says that. He doesn't feel that way. You do a little something for him, and it's huge. Little. It's a little tiny something. You see, some people might observe it as just insignificant. To Krishna, it's huge. We were just talking today about uh, the Lord Ram's um, pastime with the, um, the spider that helped with the bridge to... Yeah. Um, and how the monkeys were making fun of them. And yeah. Ram said that he's doing what he can. Yeah, to him that was a lot. It's just kicking some sand. We should always think like that. If someone's complimenting you for some uh, achievement or some service that you're doing, even if it's really big in someone else, some other devotee's mind, you should say um, and think, at least if you don't say it, at least think it, just kicking some sand. You know, kick a little sand here, kick a little bit there. Um, definition of a friend, a friend is an eternal spiritual Connection that th uh, that thousands mm -hmm. oh wait a minute why don't you read this for me you're better at this sure let me put it in your good hands and good eyes definition of a friend a friend is an eternal spiritual connection <clears throat> that transcends the mundane. It's a personal love affair where there is reciprocal exchanges of love. And then there's a second page. This is a different question. Three. Yes, friendship is the stuff that spiritual life is made of. I hope to be a friend to all. Yeah. Good answers. The stuff that... that, that uh, the stuff that... Uh, what does it say? Number three. The stuff that spiritual life oh, yeah. is made of. 
the stuff that spiritual life is made of. Boy, that is a a very complete uh, statement. You know? I mean, you cannot have spiritual life on, on the level of being a friend to Krishna. You see? Being a reciprocal, loving friend of Krishna. You can't be there unless friendship is part of your life with everything, everybody. I mean, in other words, are you saying, well, I'm a friend of God, but I know about that guy over there. Well, I think I like him. You know? I don't like him. He voted for Hillary. Or Donald, you know? We can always come up with millions and so many reasons why not to like somebody. It's a whole other class we're going to have when I get back from tour. I'll be back in November. So we'll tell, we're going to talk about that. But it's, uh, there's so many reasons. How many reasons are there to like people? A lot of us don't even see that. <laughs> we start looking at the reasons why we don't like them. I don't like the way you cut your hair. I don't like I don't like long-haired people. I don't like people who shave their heads. I don't like people with facial hair. You know, I don't like this. I don't like that. Right away, I see something about. I'm now I'm labeling you. I'm categorizing you. When I look at the way that guy dresses, I bet he voted for Trump. You see what I did? What? Where am I? Where's my mind? Completely in illusion. I didn't even see there was a spirit soul. In other words, I am my body and you're yours. So therefore, if you're your body, we have a whole world of differences. And I'm starting to see the ones that I don't like. Why is it so hard for people to get along in the material world? Because of this bodily designation. Did you have a question? Yeah, I was thinking this because of it's Kali Yuga, especially. Like relationships, it's like almost all the relationships I was thinking have to be really short-lived. Because if they're not short-lived, then immediately you'll start seeing faults and then you don't like each other anymore. But it's like, like, like we can like each other as long as we have like a 10-second conversation. Yeah. But if we have a five-minute conversation, we're going to talk The longer you get to the conversation goes, you're going to start finding things that you don't like about the person. This, this looks like today's world. Like everything is like really short interaction. Yeah. Like business. And it's like you talk to people who are middle-aged and you ask them, uh, did you have really close friends when you were in college? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were buds. Do you keep up with them now that you're in your 40s or 50s? Well, no, no, no. It's like a, this friendship relationship thing to most people is like a revolving door. You still have those, don't they? Yeah. And in the older hotels, you have these revolving doors. There's people going in, people going out. You can get caught in a revolving door. You know? Shishiga uses the analogy of an airport a lot. He says that, you know, you get people that meet at the airport, they might have, they might spark a conversation oh, yeah. and they go off in separate ways and never see each other right. again. <laughs> oh yeah, they become 
friends in the airport. They may lay over for hours together. Then they get on separate planes and go separate ways and have separate lives. So, all right. Got another one? What you read on that, on that uh, note, uh, just in other words, it seems like association is everything in life. Yeah. Yeah. So choose it wisely. Yeah. If you can't find, this is an interesting question to ponder. What if you can't find good association? Right. You associate. You get knowledge, and then you become good association. If you are good association, you can associate with anybody. They don't have to be good association. Just don't let them influence you. That reminds me, I was listening to one of your talks, and you're saying if you go out and look for friends, it'll be really hard to find a friend. But if you go out to be a good friend, you'll have a whole bunch of friends. <laughs> They'll be following you around like little baby ducks following their mother. You know, they're everywhere. You see? So we, we, we shouldn't be so, uh, I mean, we want to make sure that the people we associate with intimately are, are good association. But if you are good association from studying and uh, realizing this Krishna conscious philosophy, you can associate with anybody. So long as you keep talking, you know, you don't want you can't listen to too much of their opinions because they might, as soon as you stop talking, they might want to talk about somebody's new album or, you know, some movie star or sports, you know. Do you think the Yankees are going to win the World Series again? Yes. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll bring you, if, if they're not good association, association that can lift you spiritually, then as soon as they take over, which they're going to want to sooner or later, they're going to try to bring you down to the, to the material platform, you see? If they're good association, they're going to try to at least maintain that platform that you're on of talking Krishna Kata, giving them, in other words, you're being a friend, Krishna's description of a friend. You're giving them the perfect ultimate knowledge. What are they going to give you once you stop talking and let them go? So you have to tolerate. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if the Cowboys ever will get back in there and get the Super Bowl again, but that kind of reminds me of one thing. When I was in India last night, how does that remind you? That doesn't really. I was just thinking about it. They're trying to pull them back up, you know? And so what's going to happen? Because I've had this exercise with people in airports and different places that I meet. You know, it's good. I'm trying to bring it up here. They're trying to take it down there. I'm trying to bring it up there. So they're either going to start to get curious and want more knowledge to get on that spiritual platform, or they're going to say, well, this has been fun. Okay, I'll see you, man. Bye. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I was just going to say that, like, for me personally, in my dealings with people like that, I can't, I can't expect anything but that from them in the beginning. Like, 
I can't expect them to want to hold a conversation about Krishna with me if they don't know anything about Krishna. So, do I blow them off? Do I just, is it just small talk and give them, my, as, give them as much as you can? Right, so like for me, what works is like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to engage and I'm going to talk about whatever you're talking about, but we're always going to take the conversation back to something more. Yeah. And it seems like over time, as you build a rapport with these people, if, you genuinely, if you're genuinely interested in these people, over time, they're going to be able to see that, <coughs> that you really care about me. You really, you know, it's not just small talk. It's you're, not just... You're really into this spiritual right. thing, aren't you? Right. In other words, you have to have this attitude that if I keep talking to this guy about higher realization, spiritual consciousness... He's going to start thinking here, if he hasn't already, that I'm not that cool. I'm not hip. I'm not cool. <laughs> and you know what? I don't care. I don't care what he thinks. Because he may, sooner or later, he or she, they'll come around to thinking, you're really into this, aren't you? I've had people say, you're really into this, aren't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. I think the danger lies in the, and, and I think as devotees we would shoot ourselves in the foot is if we have this mindset that because that person is not reciprocating Krishna Gata, then I just, I, just, I just don't want any association with them. Because no. immediately we're thinking that we're supposed to, all of our association has to be up to that standard. Well, you've got to get them up to that standard. We, exactly. So there's work to be done. Like you said, we have to be personal. We have to connect. We have yeah, to I mean, want to be looking at you like you're kind yeah. of a nut, you know? Right. I can see you're really into this. Yeah, you know? Hey, we get together every Thursday night at 7-Eleven uh, East Blackledge. Why don't you come by? If you're interested, Right. got a whole group of people. We sit and we talk. We, we get together on Sunday, too, you know? And uh, So here you are. You're... you're you're constantly trying to elevate, you see. That's your demonstration of love and caring for them. It's not a demonstration of love if you start talking about the, the cowboy's backfield or the Yankees lineup or some, you know, or get into trivia. A lot of people like to talk about trivia, you know, sports trivia. I mean, the definition of trivia is something that's not important. Look it up in the dictionary. That's what it says. So why would you want to talk about something that's not important? Yeah. Um, I was having this conversation with a guy that I had given the Gita to, and I was describing it like it is transcendental knowledge with the authoritative um, you know, dialect, and like saying it's actually transcendental. All the stuff you're going to ask me about, about this is going to be in here. And so, um, while we were talking about, wow, you're making some good points, but yes, like, uh, his mind kind of drifted to like, what about ghosts? Are ghosts real? Kind of like a trivial thing, but the answer's still in there. And I feel like it's relevant to this, like, degrading thing, because people who worship the ghosts go to the ghosts, worship the ancestors, or anyone around them, go to them. And, so and you've got to kind of uh, gracefully feel that question, answer it, in a friendly way, and then get back to where you were. Go back to where, it's like um, high-level marketing positions, sales positions, and I'm not talking about working in a store or a car lot. I'm talking about big corporate high-dollar sales. When you're interviewing for jobs like that, there's certain times if there's two interviewers, 
They already have a plan that as you're, some, one of them will ask you a question. How would you handle a situation like this? And you get halfway through and the other guy interrupts and says, forget that. What about, and he asks you a question. So how do you, what, what are they looking for? I know because I used to do this. What are they looking for? They're looking for you to quickly and, and gracefully answer that new question and then focus right back where they were on the original question. In other words, you don't get sidetracked and distracted very easy. And they may do that several times during the interview. Just to see what kind of resolute determination does this guy have? Or can you be, are you going to be like a flag and, and wave whichever way the wind blows? You know, but if, or can, can we trick you up? They'll try to trick you up. So someone may not be trying to trip you up, but you've got to do that just to be kind. Yeah, we believe in ghosts. Man, that's a whole other story, you know. You know, maybe next time we meet, I hope there's another time. We'll talk about that. By the way, it's in the book, you know. And then you take it back. Grab possession of the football. He grabbed it out of your hand, now you grab it back. Yeah. I, that's fine, now, you know, because we're out in the world and everything, and we're like, kind of forced to engage in some small talk. You meet, you know, the cashier. And, so it's like, it's so nice distributing Prabhupada's books, Harry Prabhupada's books, because it's like, all of a sudden, just because of that little rapport you build, like friendly rapport, it ends by giving them a book. And the next time you see them, you feel even close, closer. And, you, and sometimes they'll say, oh, I started reading the book, or you ask them, have you read the book? I mean, there's people all over town now, places I go, and they, they got a book from me in the past, and they'll ask, they'll say, oh, I, I read some of the book, I like the book, and it's just, like you actually build relationships just by distributing books. But just look at what you did. You did what Krishna's describing here. As a friend, a friend gives you knowledge of God. That's the ultimate friendly act. The ultimate friendly act, as demonstrated by the ultimate supreme friend, Krishna, is he gave uh, Arjuna knowledge of him. So when, you, when you're doing that, you're following in Krishna's footsteps. So you're being the ultimate friend of these people. You gave them some knowledge. And they kind of appreciate stepping outside of the whole world, too. Like they, yeah, I really need meditation. Like, it's like a little bit of fresh air for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we better go on. How come nobody's eating? I'm already done. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take prasadam? Did you take prasadam, Radhasundra? Oh. Yeah, you want me to move on? Go ahead. Okay, the person said yes for the first question. Absolutely. Uh, you know, does God have friends? Yes. Two, definition, someone who cares for your well-being. And uh, three, I have to learn how to be one first. Mm. First class. <laughs> yeah, I have to learn how to, I really want to. This is something that for we as uh, parts and parcels of Krishna, for us to be satisfied, we have to experience that knowledge of how to be a good friend. Otherwise, how are you going to fit in in Galok Vrindavan? 
I mean, do you think that they have like counselors in Goloka Brindavan? <laughs> hey, how's the new guy? Well, he's not very friendly. Oh, okay, well, send him to counsel him. Well, they must have some help, though. Huh? They must have some help, though. Well, yeah, devotional service, that loving reciprocation, that heals everything. Again and again, we know uh, this loving devotional service to Krishna and the devotees will heal whatever is wrong with you. All of the... Uh, distress in our minds. Depression goes away. Fear, loneliness, all these things can be driven away by just loving devotional service and associating in a loving way with Krishna's devotees. That may be a struggle to achieve that, but it's well worth it. I'm sure there's no cars out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's no pollution. It's like, it's like just as, um, just as the relationship with Krishna exists eternally, that friendship with, uh, that friend, like friend, like that friendship between that union between other people exists too because of that connection with Krishna. Right. So it exists. It just we just have to become aware of it. We just have to it. uncover it. Yeah. It exists within us. Mm -hmm. It's part, it's an intrinsic part of us. Because we're connected, but we just have to yeah. be aware of that connection. Yeah. We yeah. just have to wake up to it. Why aren't we finding it? Why isn't it right in front of us? Because we're looking for all these other things. Yeah. You know, we're looking for love. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. Remember that old... Yeah. Nobody else remembers that song, I guess. <laughs> It's, it's like, back in the 80s. It's like, Looking for love in all the wrong places. It's like when we're distributing books too, it's like we're doing out of love because we want to help them elevate elevate them to a point where we can have even a deeper relationship right. with each other. And I may not be able to take it all the way right now, but I can give you this book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that That's is you. going to be a huge beginning if we see each other again, and I really hope we see each other again. What I told you, we met a lady on last Saturday, and she received a book in 1987 when the symbol opened. And the devotees went around passing out books in the neighborhood. So she still has that book to this day. We met her by the Ronstadt station. Wow. And over the years, she's met devotees, and she's <laughs> accumulated many more books, and she has chanting beads. And she just has this, um, you know, these really positive emotions towards Krishna consciousness. Uh, well, there's billions of stories. <laughs> but, you know, I remember one, there's this devotee, uh, Leela Avatar. And uh, back in 1975, his mother was coming out of a Grateful Dead concert in San Francisco. <laughs> and there was a devotee dressed, you know, like shave head, Sika. Dodi, and distributes the Bhagavad Gita. And she gave him a little something, you know. So she took the Bhagavad Gita, and from there she went to some party. You know, she was getting stoned. They did a lot of acid, and she tucked it away in her bag, and she stayed there a few days, and then went on some other place, you know, just living the hippie life. And then uh, 
when she got home, finally got back to where she was living, she stuck it in this little bookshelf. She had like some uh, crates, wooden crates that she'd stacked up, hippie bookcases, you know. She just put it in there with a couple other hip books, you know. Never touched it after that. Except whenever she moved and she packed it up, she would take it with her year after year. So as time goes by, she, um, she meets a guy and they develop an offspring. And this offspring grows up in that house all of his life, 25 years. And he knew that book was there from the time he was uh, born. He saw that book. When he was 25 years old, he decided, what in the heck is this Bhagavad Gita? <laughs> I mean, this is so weird. He'd never pulled it out. He'd never seen the cover. So Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. That's why he says Bhagavad Gita. What does this mean? This is, what kind of hippie stuff is this my mom was into, you know? And so he takes the Bhagavad Gita and he starts to read. And he was just totally amazed. Page after page, he couldn't put it down. He ended up, took him a while, but he read the whole thing. Then he read it again. And then uh, he was in Portland, Oregon at the time. He went and he found out that there was a preaching center there. And there were devotees there. And they were having programs. So he got to chant Hare Krishna you know, and take prasadam and made friends. Uh, he met uh, his guru, became initiated, went home and told his mom about it. And she said, you've got my Bhagavad Gita? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for my Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> and he said, oh, here it is. You know, I brought it back. And she said, well, you seem like your life has changed. You seem so happy and effulgent. And he said, yeah, because I read the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> and she said, what's that? <laughs> so anyway, mom starts to read the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> and she became a devotee. Wow. And she got initiated. You know, so... But it took, I mean, you're talking a process of over 25, 30 years here of that same Bhagavad Gita sitting there collecting dust. So, <laughs> so here going. God has friends. That's all this person spoke from the book. <laughs> that was pretty great. Number two, because he has people surrounding him expecting nothing but his company and don't hinder his expression of his supreme personality. Three, I wish I had friends that would wish to know me as I am. That's, that's an honest statement. I'd like to be known as I am. Um, but how do I know when you know me as I am? I got to get some indication to me of as I am. Wouldn't that be kind of nice? Otherwise, when we're teenagers 
and we're going to the Grateful Dead concert and doing acid trips together, I'm thinking, you know me as I am. And I know you as you are. And then I meet up with you several years later and we're nothing like that anymore. Well, now do you know me as I am? Or did you know me as I am then? Which is the real I am? You see? So unless you know who you am, it's just this moving target. You see? And unless the people around you that know you as you am, unless they are changing as you change through life, then they're not going to know you as you am. You see? It's, 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 it's pitiful to think like that. So you've got to find out who you are. Who are you? Part and parcel. Loving, close, personal. Upfront and loving with the supreme personality of Godhead. He's mine and I'm his. You know? If I know that about me and you know that about you, I know you as you are and you know me as I am. And you know what? That's eternal. That's always been the truth and it always will remain the truth. Whatever untruths we believed in in the meantime, none of that matters. You know? None of that stuff matters. It's like when you get around a sibling. I mean... Does everybody here have siblings, brothers and sisters? All right. So, similar ages? Yeah? No. Well, if you have similar ages... Not four years apart. Was there a time when you and all your siblings believed in Santa Claus? Yeah. Yeah. All right, when you get together, do you ever tease each other about, yeah, you believe in Santa Claus. You, what, a, what a was you where you believe in Santa Claus. It doesn't matter. Or you don't say, gee whiz, weren't we stupid then we believed in Santa That doesn't matter. That was just an illusion. Why does it matter? Oh, we were kids. We were immature. Why, I would have believed anything. I was under the illusion of childhood. You see what I mean? So, what does it matter what illusory things that you've believed or accepted as reality in this trip through this temporary world? None of it matters. What matters is that knowledge that will take you closer to Krishna to help you become his friend. To, by you becoming his friend, you're reciprocating with his friendship. Very simple. Absolutely. He has all the friends. <laughs> <laughs> He's hogging all the friends. Two. A friend is someone who will show up when you need them and lifts you up. Three. I don't think I have enough friends, but I like the ones who are already. <laughs> A friend that is there when you need them. That's the Which, yeah. Shurid. Lifts you up. Shuridam Sarva Bhutanam. The Shurid is the best friend. Krishna says, I am the best friend of all living entities. He already says that in the fifth chapter, 29th verse. Shuridam Sarva Bhutanam. Shurid, best friend, Sarva, all, all, everyone. I'm everyone's best friend and dear, uh, ever uh, well wisher. Dear most wisher. Yeah. I was just thinking we were talking about uh, counseling and uh, 
we're, we're encountering right now, you know, like uh, Krishna consciousness in the material world is the counseling if we pass and we get to go back, back home. That's it. It's a great observation. I was going to mention something like that, but I forgot But when we are talking. But that's right. This is our counseling. In other words, this is like, uh, ISKCON is like training wheels for the spiritual world. You see, you associate um, with people who are reciprocating with God as his friend. You see, and so this is our training. If we blow this, well, we're going to have to come and do it again, right? That's okay, as long as we can be associating with devotees all our life. Maybe we goof it up. We don't want to, though. But chances are we won't goof it up. This is, there's enough here. There are enough ingredients in what we're doing right here and right now to take you back to Godhead and purify you. There's enough ingredients that's already there. The recipe is already complete. All we have to do is keep doing it. It will happen. We have the full truth recipe instead of the half truth recipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the full truth recipe. Oh, that's exactly the truth recipe. Got the right round. Don't you love that half truth? You know? <laughs> There's no such thing as a half truth. It's either true or not. Something comes out of the oven half baked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, isn't the half truth actually like, um, uh, let's see, and the vision I'm getting is a basketball and a hoop, so half the truth would be you shoot the basketball up there, but the other half would be it goes in the hoop or something. Someone just says, the guy shot the basketball up at the hoop, and so that's half or, the truth. The guy shot the basketball through the hoop. All right. Well, that's only a half truth. Truth. What do you mean? Well, it didn't go through the hoop, but he did shoot it. You see what I mean? So, a lot of people do like that. They'll base some, They'll have a basis of truth. But he did shoot the ball. That was true. Yeah, but you said he scored the point. Well, that's the half that wasn't true. I, I guess I were observe, observing it from like just like oh he shot the ball rather than what made him shoot the ball like how how did that come from him? did he make a basket yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes unlimited friends is someone who friend is someone who cares deeply for you and endeavors to help you in the best way Krishna conscious. Mm. Yes, but should deepen and extend to others. Keep going? Yeah. God has many friends, and some of them left him. Us. <laughs> friend <laughs> equals. <laughs> friend equals. Some say Krishna is our only friend. Friends here. Gives and receives, best if involving Krishna. Enough friends? Not enough I can talk about Krishna with, but that may be my fault. Hmm. Well, Krishna is not our only friend. 
you know, Krishna is everyone's friend. So everyone can and should be. In their normal position, they're also his friend. So any friend of Krishna's is a friend of mine. Even those that aren't being friends to Krishna, they're friends of mine too. Or at least I can be a friend to them. We don't expect any reciprocation. You know, if they reciprocate, then that's really nice. Yeah. Right. Yes. Two, ever well-wisher towards the path back to Godhead supports a healthy lifestyle. Three, quality over quantity. True. Yeah. If you have quality uh, in your friendships, then your friendships will grow. Unless you go live in a cave and you never associate. If you, if you develop quality friendships, once you learn that art of having, of being a quality friend, it doesn't mean that now that's it. I mean, what do you think, once you can be a quality friend, what will keep or what will prevent your number of friends from growing? Yeah. I was a roommate in college. I had three roommates, and they were competing to get how many Facebook friends they could get. They were trying to see if we could get to you know, 2,000 friends. <laughs> it's a good example. I have more friends than you do. I have so many friends I'm maxed out on Facebook. Can't I'd invite request. you to be my friend, but they tell you I'm already maxed out. You missed the boat, mister. You don't, never met any of them, or maybe two or three you met them. Right. You know? Reminds me of that. Uh, what were you going to say? No. Oh, you want to say? What do you, what do you think he was going to say? <laughs> All right, so. Got one more. Uno más. Yeah. Number one, yes. Number two, friend. Someone who loves you unconditionally when the relationship is reciprocated. And three, not many. Hmm. The friend should love you unconditionally. You know, even if you're not being a good friend. Not that you can demand that. I'm not being a very good friend. So, but I think you should continue. No, you shouldn't demand that. <coughs> but it's kind of the nature of a good friend to remain your friend. If it's on a Krishna conscious level, they'll they'll remain your friend. You see. Yeah. It's like Krishna remains your friend when you stop being his friend. You know? He doesn't say, all right, damn you to hell. No. You, you stop reciprocating with him. So, but he's there. He's still your friend. He says that. Suridam Sarvabhutana. I'm the dearmost friend of all living entities. He, he doesn't flicker. He's not a fair weather friend. Or I, I'm your friend as long as you're mine. But you stop being mine, so I stop being yours. So there. So go find another friend. You know, Krishna's not like that. You can learn a lot from Krishna, right? 
this seems like uh, to me like the moral of the story tonight is uh, friendship is whether you see somebody on the level of spirit soul or the material body and yeah. your ability to differentiate that. Mm. Right. Once you know who you are, um, then you know what to expect slash demand from yourself. It's hard for others to demand much from you, you know? Because if people are demanding, sometimes you have a tendency to push back. Back off, man, leave me alone, you see? But you can do it to yourself, right? You can say to yourself, you're better than that. You know, come on, you can, you can do this. You can say that to yourself and, and say, I expect more from me. You can say it, you can discipline yourself in such a way that others could never. Self-discipline is very good, you see. Others may discipline you with love and understanding. You can be tough with yourself. You know, to thine own self be true. Be true to yourself. And we expect it from others. We expect people to be honest with us, right? Well, if you're not honest with yourself, there's something wrong here. I'm not going to be honest with me, but I want you to be honest with me. You know? You want to be good to yourself? You want others to be good to you? Be good to yourself. People respect that, somebody who's good to themselves. That makes, that's part of uh, uh, the attraction we find in, in people. Devotees are good to themselves. Why they, 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 they accept this knowledge that Krishna is offering. That we want this secret. You know, he gave it to Arjun uh, and he gave it to everybody. It wasn't like it was just Krishna and Arjuna in this conversation. Why, well, there were millions of people listening to this conversation of Bhagavad Gita. This was big. You know, everyone was listening to what this, what's being said here between Arjuna and Krishna just before this battle is about to happen. It wasn't a secret. It's never been kept secret. It hasn't been distributed enough because there aren't enough people who are even interested in this secret, you see. But it was spoken by Krishna. Why did Krishna have this conversation with Arjuna? Arjuna already knew all this. Krishna spoke it for your benefit. And Arjuna was there listening to it because he loved hearing it. He's there with Krishna, face to face, his, his lifelong friend, acting as if he's having a petty weakness of heart. Arjuna. Now let me ask you, this is a trick question. I shouldn't have said that, but I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you. Can I say something that's yeah. acting as if he's having a petty weakness of heart? I think he really was having some issues, you know? That's the beauty of it. He's an example for me. Well, He's he had problems just like I have problems. After and this, there with him. After, after Arjun personally 
through his ears out of Krishna's mouth, looking Krishna in his face as he's speaking Bhagavad Gita. Did Krishna, did Arjuna go back to Godhead? Yeah. Or he was already. What do you think? Absolutely. Anybody? Oh, well, he was already. He was already liberated. Huh? He was already there. There's no going back. He's there. He's with God. What do you think? Well, I think there was a more to the Mahabharata leading to about how they tried to raise themselves to heaven, but found out that their friends were the wealth, not the kingdom. Well, let me ask a different question. Do you think Arjuna's in, in Goloka Vrindavan right now? No. no. He's probably doing the same thing over and over. He does. This, this is his eternal right. ross with Krishna. He's, this is always happening somewhere. Right. This is total liberation. He's living that, that Arjuna life again and again and again and loving every bit of it. Mm. He gets to go through that. He gets to... And, and towards the end, he gets to hear from Krishna face to face. So there isn't like someone that occupies a, a different soul that goes into Arjun that does that act. So yeah, but he does it so well. He actually is having that uh, petty weakness of heart that Krishna talks about. He's actually feeling that. He's doing the part. It's like uh, Hiranyakasipu was actually a liberated soul before he took that, that birth. But he was a good demon. I mean, he was the best. And he was a, he was a gatekeeper of Goloka Vrindavan or Vaikuntha. Vaikuntha, yeah. He was a gatekeeper. <laughs> so, but so this is service. Krishna wanted to be the hero. And so how would you like to be my, my demon? I need a good one. <laughs> I want to go to the material world and I want, to, I want to protect my devotee. And I need, a, really, I need a demon of demons. Would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Does Krishna maybe um, cover Arjuna a little? Because I heard that he did that enough. to himself once to have an authentic... Enough. Enough. Cover? Huh? Cover? Cover? Like, maybe yes, forget yeah, he's that, he's, that he knows. Yoga mind. Yoga mind. Enough. Enough to make it work. Alright, I think we ought to roll it up. Uh, this is the last last one I'll do until I get back, unless we set up something while I'm on the road. But that's that's way down the road. Let's we'll see if that. What are you leaving? I'm leaving twenty uh, eighth next Wednesday, and uh, I've got uh, so far two programs in, in El Paso, and then to. Uh, uh, San Antonio, Dallas, and the program's already scheduled in um, uh, Texarkana. Then to Little Rock, Arkansas, Rathiatra. We'll be right behind Juggernauthan you. Juggernauthan in <laughs> Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> 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 everywhere. <dude>. Yeah. <laughs>
and then on to uh, near Memphis, and then on to Knoxville. Not, Na oh, not Nashville? No, I, I, may, I may make a stop in Nashville. That's not completely planned yet, but there's some people making some plans for me to do something in Nashville, mm -hmm. either on the way or on the way back. I know Nashville's, Nash there's not a, well, there actually is a farm near Nashville. Well, I make, I'm probably going to go to Morari Sabuk while I'm in oh. Tennessee. I'm probably going to go spend some time there. Uh, then I'm going to go over to see Sudajiba in North Carolina. And then I've got to go to uh, somewhere along the way. I'm going to fly to New uh, Vrindavan and go to uh, GBC College for a couple of weeks and then back to wherever I fly out of and then work my way back here. So it's probably going to be November, mid-November, I think, before I get back. I'm not really sure. I don't have all that planned yet, down to the minute, down to the day. So anyway, but... Thank you all so much for coming. Keep it going. Stay together. Take shelter of one another. Huh? And give shelter to one another. You know? Um, we were talking before about some, sometimes you're not always in association, proper association. So you have to... If you can't take shelter, if you're not in a situation where you can take shelter from an advanced devotee, then you have to become shelter. Give shelter. You make advancement by giving shelter to others. You become a shelter. Read more. Chant more. Perform this loving devotional service. You're never going to think... Yes, I'm so advanced. I'm a good show. You're never going to think that unless you're in Maya. The world around you may see you as really good shelter, but you're never going to. So don't think, well, I don't know if I'm good enough. Or what. You just read, repeat what you read. Hear, say what you heard. That's as simple as that. And if you're sincere, Krishna will send you. He'll send you sincere souls to take shelter. Ooh. I will. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he agrees. All right. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada. Okay. Okay.